0: Dahi, we have been talking about how accreditors can be our allies uh, in, in colleges and universities. So in our last episode, we talked about how it can be quality assurance for our teaching and learning and what we do with our students. But really, if you zoom out, accreditation is also sort of this quality assurance that our, our colleges and universities are operating the way that they should be right right because because it all starts from the question of
1: what are they what are we there for right it's that teaching and learning right uh so then everything that we do should be wrapped around that and should be in service of that we shouldn't just be a real estate uh, location and a uh, business and transaction location our major aim is the growth of our society and the growth of our learners so uh, the questions that are asked through the criteria of the accreditation self-studies that portfolio that we submit every so many uh, years is intended to show that we are a lean machine that is working constantly to develop and grow and has created the safety nets and the means to self-correct so we can continue to optimize our skills and provide the best quality that we could. Quality that we set, not the Higher Learning Commission or any other regional accreditor.
0: Well, and again, you know, so some of these you know, you, you talk about integrity as, as one of the pillars that they are are looking at. And, you know, within that, they're, they're looking at do you have the, the policies and procedures in place, again, like you said, to to self-correct if there is an issue, which, you know, here again, that seems like the kind of thing that you should just have anyway. Yes, yes. Some some of them
1: are no-brainers, but in reality, sometimes you might be surprised. Uh, I remember from my time in California that there were a number of colleges that were on sanction because the Board of Trustees elected individuals, seven uh, based on the uh, um, constitution of the state of California, were meddling into the actual business of the college. That's not their job, right? their job they have one employee and that's the superintendent uh, uh, chancellor or president depending on the district so not the however many faculty and staff and administrators uh, the institution hires they're the employees of that superintendent but they have one employee and they shouldn't be micromanaging because once you get into micromanagement then you none of the policies none of the criteria none of the standards can work. Similarly, other number of colleges had issues because uh, of budgeting concerns. So one of the issues is that transparency in budgeting. It's not just that the Department of Education will uh, will keep an eye on us and the state uh, uh, entities that, that govern the treasury of the state will keep an eye on us. The accrediting Uh, bodies have a fiduciary duty and they need to see that our metrics are really intended for that uh, transparency that the taxpayer deserves. So if we don't keep enough money in reserve, for example, that's a concern. What are you doing with the money? You should be able to plan and keep some amount of money in reserve for the rainy days. But if if on the other end, you're not spending enough money to support your mission and you're shoveling it into that reserve, that's also a concern,
0: right? Because why is money being given to you
1: is the question.
0: Yeah. And, you know, one of the, the parts of this too is, you know, talking about that planning and talking about, you know, what, what the future looks like and how you are going to remain uh, cutting edge, because, you know, as you referenced in the the first uh, episode, when we started talking about this, that, you know, if we're teaching like we did yesterday, we're robbing people of tomorrow. So, you know, what are you doing institutionally to always keep moving forward? And, you know, how are you putting resources behind that? Uh, are you doing the kinds of things that you're making sure that your faculty and staff, for example, can get professional development that they need, uh, you know, beyond maybe the absolute bare minimum standards? Uh, you know, we may have people that that need to maintain certain certifications, for example. Um, that should just be a given. But what are we doing to grow our faculty and staff, make them uh, be better uh, because at the end of the day too, that creates a more attractive institution overall uh, in, in not only recruiting students and bringing people in, but you know, you're, you're doing good for your community and institutionally uh, when you do have an opening. Um, your institution can be a lot more attractive if, if you have somebody that comes in knowing that they're going to be given an opportunity to continue to grow. Absolutely. And,
1: and toward that, questions will be asked if you have multiple locations, are you offering the services for the learners and the instructors and the staff members at those locations? Are you offering library services? Are you offering tutoring services? Are you offering professional development for those people at the various locations? Right? so that's an example of how they 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 don't just want you to think about a small cadre of people they want you to think about the entire institution because the mission is for all of us and and if you are offering it what a great message that sends throughout the community that you are in fact on point with your mission and you are the real hero in terms of a fiduciary uh, of the uh, trust as well as the monies of your constituents.
0: Yeah, and um, you know, certainly you look at uh, like community colleges, especially where there is that tax levy that goes along with that, and um, yeah. not a lot of people like paying property taxes. Uh, You have a lot of people that, especially if if they aren't using, quote unquote, that service that they may think, you know, what value am I getting out of this? Uh, But if we're doing things to make sure that we're good stewards of taxpayer dollars, uh, we should be able to show exactly how we are benefiting the community and you know, obviously, a lot of institutions are going to have community in some way, shape or form as a part of their mission, especially when it comes to community colleges, because, I mean, the word community, is, frankly, is right in your name. Uh, but, you know, it goes it, it needs to go deeper into showing, you know, exactly how you are being a partner with the community.
1: Yes, uh, I can't think of a week and you probably can uh can say the same thing, when we don't get an employer asking us for uh, students, right? It could be, we hear a lot from retirees, oh, we don't care about uh, K-12 or community colleges because we're done with it and our kids are done. Why are we still investing in it? Well, I'm sorry to say it like that, but do you want that nursing assistant, that nurse, that physical therapy assistant? Do you want that That individual who's going to be a police officer who's going to take care of you, and the firefighter and the paramedic, well, they're all coming out of institutions, predominantly two year institutions, and they're taking care of you, me, and everybody else. So, uh, for those who say, I don't want to be taxed for this, and this is not an ideological standpoint, it is a very narrow perspective that we are not helping with. And again, Accreditation provides us with a tool to show the world, to teach our taxpayers the value of their investment and how it's being returned to them, not just dollars and cents,
0: but in terms of our growth to meet their expectations. So we've been talking about why accreditors should be our allies in higher education. Specifically today, we've been talking about... Uh, quality assurance overall for our institutions. If you enjoy topics like this, be sure and subscribe to our channel here on YouTube. Ring that bell down below. You'll get notified when we post new content. And of course, you can find Let's Talk Ed on all of your favorite podcasting platforms as well. So for Dr. Zahi Atala, I'm Chris Ford. We'll see you next time right here on Let's Talk Ed.